ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard. I sell it with one whip. It's off the hall. What up, what up, what up? San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in the Maha City of Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, you know the rules. Uh, all we ask is you call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that takeover to today. And anything that we're discussing on the doctor today that you want to weigh in and give us a call, feel free to do so. Also, if you need to follow me on Twitter or to uh, reach out to me or send me a message, don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave real comments in real time, I'll respond to those and read them on air in real time. If I don't, I'll respond to them later. You can go to the business Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page as well, too. And also keep in mind, if you you ever miss any of the episodes live all right you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week 365 and also if you are in a market that doesn't have us terrestrial radio wise or we're getting preempted by play by play or you're having technical difficulties listening to us through your other means how you listen to us originally always can go to sportsgrindonline.com as well click the play button and we will appear live there for you 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. So it's a Tuesday. So usually that means some residue hangover from some college uh, as well, too. And NFL, we're definitely going to start there because we're going to have to put a bow on week nine uh, after last night's Monday night football game. Uh, but we've got that going on. Also, uh, a couple other things uh, in baseball. You know, we just crowned a World Series champion. Again, congratulations to the Rangers. Everybody knows that by now. But we've got some manager positions that's popping off and, um, you know, playing musical chairs. And I think one of the ones that went down yesterday um, that we didn't get a chance to talk about, it was kind of happening in real time. But um, Craig Council, uh, who's basically been a manager for the Brewers for years now, um, he's leaving them to go manage the Cubs. Um you know, so a lot of people um, and usually I don't really I mean, I follow offseason baseball moves to a certain extent, not really um, that faithfully, um, you know, used to, you know, when Salami's on the show, of course, he was the guru. He found, you know, carried it 365. But I usually pay attention to some of the bigger news. Um, and this manager hire, I think of the ones that we've seen so far, because uh, I know Cleveland hired Stephen Vaught. Mets hire Carlos Mendoza, uh, Mendoza, I think. Carlos Mendoza is a bench coach on the Yankees for the past uh, four years. I think Craig Council, due to the fact that this was like this really came out of left field. I mean, some of his own players, uh, the way they found out was through news, four letter network, social media. And even they were shocked. So uh, the crazy thing about that, though, not the crazy thing, but the one underlying nugget in that is the fact that he turned down the Mets job. Uh, to go to the Cubs. Um, so um, that's very interesting. So you have some musical chairs being played with the managers. And then the next thing on docket um, over the next month or two uh, is going to be free agency. 
uh, and really what happens with Otani and what breaks with that. You know, I've been talking about this for the last two years, anticipating this offseason with Otani. Abruptly left the team and the Angels before the season was over, shut him down. So there's some intrigue. So we'll definitely keep our ear and eyes to uh, those developments and any other big free agent splashes as well. Uh, college basketball, I totally forgot and didn't even realize that it got up and going underway yesterday. Uh, men and women had a slate of games. I mean, it's going to take me some time to get into college basketball way and mode, pay attention to who's who. Because uh, we're in the midst of still deep in the late, you know, back nine run with the National Football League. And we're there with, that, with the college football. So NBA is up and going. That's going to have to take a presence on this show. But college basketball will be sporadically talked about here and there. But when it opens up and you have two big major upsets on women's side and men's side, it kind of catches your eye. Uh, you know, starting with the number one LSU women's Tigers. Uh, everybody knows that the defending champs, you know, Mulkey's got another ring over there, one one with Baylor. Well, they opened with the Colorado Buffaloes last night in a neutral site and kind of one of those pre tournament type of deals, but they took an L 92 to 78, a big upset for LSU, big win for Colorado. I think that puts Colorado probably now, you know, they're ranked 20. Uh, in the AP for women, but I think now that puts a target on their back to where you upset the defending champs and the preseason and current, you know, number one team in the country. Um, it's going to raise some eyes in the Pac-12, you know. Um, so props to the lady Colorado Buffaloes, you know. Um, again, just more excitement. I mean, you have the Dion you know, movement that it's basically kind of hit some bumps in the road, but the, the tension is still there. Now you have the ladies coming out swinging uh, from jump and upsetting the number one LSU Tigers. So props to the lady Colorado Buffaloes. And on the men's side, number four, Michigan State uh, loses to James Madison at home, 79 to 76. Now, James Madison is one of those schools and those conferences. I mean, they're one of the favorites to win that conference they're in. Um you know, this is one of those that, and I've been saying, I mean, Tom Izzo's a legend. I'm not going to overreact to, you know, just because they were the number four team and this is little old Jane Madison. I'm not going to overreact, but I've been saying the last few years, you know, you got to wonder, you know, when Izzo, because Izzo's always been known to get his teams ready late. Like they get, they're the, they're the ones that usually, you know, it hasn't been that way in the last couple years, but over the years, he's been like the Nick Saban of basketball, meaning not the championship totals, but what it what I mean by that is that his teams continue uh, to improve through the season. It's been some rough years. That's a rough start to get off to. I'm not going to panic because, again, just because people hear James Madison and, and, you know, we talk and we dominate. The news dominates about the transfer portal on the college football side. And and I owe money on that side, but it does wonders on the basketball side as well, too, because also with some of these small, I've always said this, some of these smaller schools, mid-level schools, I mean, they've got guys that have been together for three to four years. You know, a lot of these guys are not one and done going to the NBA or they're, they're together. So when you you know, put a mixture of this. And I'm not saying that's the exact case of James Madison because I don't know what their seniority is on their roster. If they've got a lot of freshmen, if they're a junior, senior, heavy lady team, I don't know that. But I do know that these now in 2023, even prior 2022, 
2021. These type of upsets do not surprise me at all. But the college basketball season is up and going. And speaking of college basketball, Bronny James, uh, you know, he had that scare a couple months ago with the uh, kind of almost mild heart attack slash stroke that he had has been going under a numerous amount of tests. Um, LeBron's giving updates that, hey, he's trending the right direction. You know, USC got in under action last night against Kansas State, you know, a team that made a deep run in the tournament last uh, year big out of the Big 12. Uh, USC pretty much um, – I'm going to say dominate because Kansas State made a run at the end, but they control that game most of the time. But Bronny is supposed to be trying to make an make an appearance this year. So that's kind of good news. We'll see how that goes. I mean, their game was on the four-letter network. I mean, that's not by accident and with that matchup. But, again, that unfortunate situation with LeBron James' son in the heart condition or whatever they say they got out of control, but they're going through a lot of tests. And maybe before the end of the year, he'll make his debut as a Trojan uh, before the season's over with. Uh, you got some? Yeah, just a really quick question. It's probably really early for this one, but if Bronny doesn't take the court this season, uh, do, how, how do you feel like that impacts his draft stock? Doesn't impact it at all. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be. I, I, I don't know if he's going to be quick to be one and done. Um, I know we've talked about it for years, even on this program about you know, when the NBA decides to change the age limit, you know, in regards to that, everybody, I've always figured out a buddy of mine that always tell me like, they're going to change it the year LeBron James' son is ready to come out. Um, I don't, I don't think it affects his draft status and I don't think he's coming out. I don't think it's guaranteed. I mean, he could, but I don't think it's a guaranteed one and done. I mean, it makes a difference. I mean, it's the same thing I say on the DeSure Sanders side. And, you know, of course, LeBron's son is in that in that realm. And you also have some other kids just because their parents are not in the spotlights or athletes. They have their choices. But when you don't have to make a decision, financial reasons to leave early out of college, whether you're in the NBA football, that 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 speaks volumes. And most of the kids that do have that opportunity to make that decision not pressured because hey man the weight of the family's on my shoulder grandma needs a stove fix mama needs a new house when you especially if you're going to usc and you're in cali and you're a young male and you're lebron's son and you you want a tendency to maybe enjoy the scenery and be the man on campus there's no i mean other than the and i think lebron has kind of backed off of that a little bit i mean i know it's probably in the back of his mind but the whole idea of just guaranteeing that you know they're going to play together one i think that's something that's still a possibility but i don't think Bronny's decision and I don't think LeBron's going to have him make his decision based on that especially now with the developments of his condition and stuff well and LeBron's still dropping 30 points against the Miami Heat shows that he's not slowing down either so there's less of almost less of a rush to get Bronny into the NBA too right yeah I mean well LeBron is I think I mean yes I had that on the docket I mean I think due to the fact they came up short last night speaking of the Lakers to the Heat but I had a stat line on there because again you know I'm not I feel like we live in this era especially you know and ESPN is guilty of this um, they've gone overboard with the amount of stats that they come up for LeBron and you know a lot of the LeBron haters will tell you that's just uh, that's trying to improve the enhancement discussion against MJ um, 
you know, I've never really bought totally into that, but it does come to a point where most of those stats that they come up with LeBron, I've kind of brushed to the side because it's like, okay, man, like, yeah, it is. And I like LeBron. I'm a LeBron fan. But his point totals and what he's scoring, even at this point, due to the fact we haven't seen this, I haven't seen it in my lifetime. The closest thing I think that I can see to this or have seen this, and it was a lot, I was a lot younger, would have probably been Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, in regards to when you're talking about putting up numbers like that, Jordan put up numbers like this. I mean, Kobe went out with a bang in his last game uh, in the Staples Center. Uh, you know, he he went he went nuts. Uh, but his average was down his last year or so too. MJ's was horrible. Uh, Tim Duncan, um, you know, his numbers went down. Uh, so to see LeBron, and I think a lot of work that he's put into with his body and investment dollar-wise and just time in his body has paid off dividends that allow him to do that. But, no, I don't think anything with the Bronny thing. I don't think, you know, especially, you know, keep in mind, one of the things that LeBron always said, I mean, that he got with all the money, all the Nike money and all this kind of stuff, the one thing that he kind of does regret is not going to college at least one year. Now, the question would have been, would it have been an Ohio State Buckeye or Dukey? I think it would have been Dukey, to be honest with you. I mean, we'll never know. Uh, you know, I mean, hell, Kobe Bryant grew up in Philly. I mean, I know he's, you know, parent, dad played over in Europe, grew up over there younger, came to the state with a Philly. Kobe wanted to go play with Coach K. So, um, but regardless – there's no rush for Le- LeBron James' son. Bronny is not going to make a decision, and especially if if, he, if he's not able to get on the court this year, he, he's not going to miss that college experience. And I don't think LeBron's going to let him do that. I mean, he's a grown man; he can make his decisions on his own. But at the end of the day, I don't even think that's that that's a decision that's going to be in the house. I think a lot of that is has been. Not all, because I know LeBron's talked about it, but a lot of that's been media-driven, you know, for the most part. And, you know, LeBron's the type that he's damn near cut from Jerry. Any type of, you know, any type of press, my name's out there, for the most part, is positive. It's a good thing anyway. So you got college basketball up and going. Uh, College football, if we get time to it, I'll try to reveal what I think my final four is in week two. We've got week two of the college top 25 playoffs that are going to be released tonight. Uh, We'll definitely discuss that. College football. Uh, besides that, you know, Jim Harbaugh, I didn't get to it yesterday, but he plans to fight the Big Ten, um, I guess, in court. If it comes down to that, if any suspension is landed his way, a lot of people in the Big Ten with the pitchforks are coming. Um, you know, I know this morning I, I saw a clip a while ago that I know Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp on first take is baiting, beating the drum down like, hey, if that's any other coach, we've had, you know, coaches on institutional control that's got suspended. You know, they should be put on pause or banned until this investigation's over. They shouldn't take a playoff spot from somebody. But stay consistent, man. I disagree. And I got a lot of respect for both those brothers, but I disagree. At the end of the day, you know, we can't, like, we we can't pick and choose. You know, like, the, for the people that still have faith and believe in those things that say, you know, the old saying goes, not one sin is greater than the other. We can't pick and choose. If we know that this is a practice of trying to get other opposing teams signs um, and still signs just because somebody took it overboard and said, okay, well, let me do this one. Now, whether Jim knew this guy was going through these links, I do believe Jim knew that this guy is what his role was. Now, did Jim know maybe that he was basically going and flying all over, basically getting plane tickets, going into the skies on sidelines? Maybe he didn't. 
but he ha- it's his responsibility because it's under his program. You know, I understand that. But I'm just to the point where the reason why I push back on that narrative that they should be put they should be banned from this college playoff or they shouldn't take a spot up for one of the four is because we've known that this has gone on just because it hasn't gone on to that level where we've seen somebody actually go to a visiting Big Ten school or be on the sideline. It, it, violation, unethical, the words I'm hearing overboard. It's all under the umbrella is when you're talking about basically going ahead and telling somebody, no, you can't go ahead and just do that. I mean, there's no, I mean, cheating is cheating when it comes down to suspension. It, it's, that's my opinion. I, I felt, you know, I, and, and again, I can't say this enough, and I know my new listeners have heard it enough, but I've always, I, I can go back to Spygate, Bountygate, all those men have been basically, we're going to make an example out of somebody. You know, not that we're trying to eradicate it, from the game, we're trying to basically make an example for personal reasons and follow the tape on all those examples I gave you. Bill Belichick, New England, we're tired of seeing y'all win. Y'all are going to every conference championship. Y'all are winning the AFC East every year. This is probably the reason why we're coming after you. Sean Payton, Greg Williams, y'all are just asses. And we don't like y'all and do the fact that this was against Brett Favre. You know what? We're going to make an example out of you. So there it is. Uh, We'll see how it develops. It's a story that's not going anywhere, uh, but one that we will continue to follow. When we get back, let's put a bow on week nine of the National Football League that charged the Chargers, go Chargers, go. Defense probably played their best game they've played in the last couple years. We'll get into it when we get back. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, 
Jonas Clark produces Spit of the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products they have in or you already know what they have, you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep, uh, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So, I want to jump into football, but we do got basketball moving as well. So, a couple of things I want to get to. Um, first off, um, there's no games tonight on the docket. You know, I came across that um, a couple hours down to me. You know, of course, it's election and voting, early voting, I guess it is. No, today's uh, election day. Election day. Well, this, the, well, yeah. And, and again, this is. I know when the NBA announced to do it, which because they want to open their venues up for voting polls and stuff. And this is the particular, you know, election vote that's kind of when you get to this point, uh, that's more important than a lot than even the big monster one. So um, this is something the NBA just recently started. Uh, don't have a problem with it, but there's no action uh, today. But last night there was. Uh, we had a few games under the belt. I just talked about the Miami Heat uh, being able to be victorious over the Lakers. They came up a one-point short uh, loss, um, and Anthony Davis left the game with back spasms, or hip spasms, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's just – it is what it is, man. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody in the NBA of recent years or even the last 20, 30 years that is – that is really, I mean, I know we throw all terms around loosely, but when we come to injury prone, I mean, come on, man. I mean, and that's a lot of, everybody's pocket watching these days. That's a lot of money tied up in that ball player. And that's really their whole season, what it comes down to. But um, also, um, we had the Spurs in action, which I'm going to get to here shortly. Got another 40 beat down. This was about 41. Um, Matthew Rain is checking in Facebook Live. He just said, what up, Cal? The Spurs sandbagging or what the hell was that? Um, 155, come on. Um, no, it's no sandbagging going on. Um, I'm, I'm going to get to it. I mean, that's the most po- points that pop, a pop coach team has given up since he's been on the sideline. And he's been on the sideline um, – Forever. It seems almost since the Gettysburg Address, to be honest with you. And that was a long-ass time ago. Um, it's unacceptable. Um, inexcusable is really what the word I use in the docket. I mean, you can – it's, you know, to me, when you talk – I mean, that's two 40-point losses. I mean, how old is the season? I mean, we're about not even two weeks into the season yet or barely. Um yeah, I mean, we're, we're six games in. Six games in. And so out of six games, you didn't got beat by 40. And the Spurs are now seven yeah. deep. So yeah. uh, of their four losses, two of them are by 40 points or more. Yeah, inexcusable. Um, there's a reason why you don't really see that often um, beat downs like that in the NBA because it's hard to do. Um, I'm not going to – like, to me, I mean, I know – Vassell's out. You know, he, I've said he's going to be out some time, but even minus Vassell, um, you shouldn't really get beat by 40. Um, so, to me, to answer Matthew Rayner's question, no, it's not sandbagging. Um, there are factors into it. 
Um, I know a lot of fan bases I'm looking at, I'm trying to be open-minded about this Sohan thing, you know, at point. But so far, it hasn't looked really great. And I know, so. now credit to Sohan, he's been very candid about it. I know I've seen Sean Elliott talk to him about it. I mean, it's something that he's learning to do, you know. And, and, and to me, you know, he went to Baylor and he played forward at Baylor, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure he played forward. And um, he was one of their energetic guys, and he's one of those defensive guys. Um, I don't know what his position was in regards to high school, overseas, or wherever he played when he was a junior or coming up. But I just know that that's one of those that it's very rare that you're going to sit there and have a guy be drafted and especially have the size and kind of the skill set that Sohan has and then automatically try to convert him into a point guard. Um, so that's one of the glaring things that's that's out there. I think it's kind of falls a little bit on the radar and hasn't got heavily criticized that much from the people past, but because again, Wimby is getting the a love and the attention and all negative, positive, most of it's positive. Uh, but it's when you look at what happened with Toronto at home. And you look what's happened, you know, even prior to that when we talk about the Clippers, which I said on the record just the other day or last week that I felt the Clippers game was an outlier. Um, well, I was proven that's not true uh, because, you know, they've blown a 20-point lead at home, a 17-point fourth-quarter lead at that, and then now they get beat by 41. And it, to me, it's like the reason why I know it's is to the Pacers, I know we were talking briefly about win totals. Like, what the hell was the win totals for the Pacers? The Pacers are not – I mean, I've got a lot of respect for Rick Carlisle, but they're nowhere close. They're not close. I mean, they're still in the process of their rebuilding. I mean, they're damn near in the same position that the Spurs are in. So, um, look, man, I mean, I was the one coming in here to, you know, kind of tailor down expectations uh, because I told you, you know, for one, he's 19 years old, and number two – there's no – Tim walked into a loaded squad at that time compared to this one. But, again, there's a lot going on today, especially with the Harbaugh-Michigan situation. We're coming off of a Monday night where it's uh, time to kill Zach Wilson again. We'll get to that here shortly. Um, there's a lot in the news, so I, I just feel this is another one, and this is why I said the other day, from a national standpoint even, because I used to bang on my local guys all the time, um, Pop gets a pass for the most part when it comes to these type of performances. I mean, nobody really says anything. I mean, there's, I mean, if you look at it, and that's why I kind of get hard on the guys down here that actually cover the team, that have to be the beat writers or ask the questions. Um, and we're going to get to that here when we get to football. But look at how Bill Belichick's being treated. Look at his exchange yesterday with the media, what he's getting asked. And, and again, what does that prove? One guy is looked at and perceived as an ass and a cheat. And the other one is perceived as this guy that basically loves, which is true, which loves mankind and basically, you know, uh, is a good man that's been good to everybody and basically help everybody that's come in his life at his professional level graduate and advance in their careers. So that plays in a factor why, for the most part, they get a pass or the questions aren't coming about when you've got two 40-point beatdowns in a six-game uh, span. 
877-377-GRUNT. Grunt. What do you got? Uh, to top that off, uh, you and I had talked about it. I don't think it went to air the other day, but we talk, definitely talked about it off the air about the three-point defense or lack thereof. Uh, the Pacers mm. shot 52%. Yeah. It, it, the, yeah. Again, for me trying to be fair, I mean, I think from the naked eye test, I do believe this is a better – I mean, maybe the stats don't show it yet, but I do believe this is a better defensive team. Uh, than they have been the last few years because I like the makeup of the team. I like the guys on the team. They have a better, uh, you know, want to play defense. Um, so that's been a problem guarding a three. But see, this is the thing. Uh, you know, when you're dealing with a young team, and as you say, arguably you've got your second best player out, speaking of Vassell, and you're still learning, and I still don't see Pop calling plays, not calling plays directly for Wimby. This is still a high-profile lifetime goals gym pickup game when you play the Spurs, in my opinion. I can live with all that. I can live with being beat or going on five games. I'm not getting critical. What I will start being critical about is when you're giving up 40-piece beatdowns. And when you're doing it to the uh, not, you know, you beat Phoenix twice, but you're not doing it. You're not giving it up to the Nuggets. You're not giving it up to uh, the Bucks. You're getting beat down like this by the Pacers. he's got to figure I mean there's evidently there's going to be because the pop apologists will tell you there's a myth to his madness and they'll tell you that this is an experiment going on and he's feeling things which all might be true but at the end of the day he's got to figure out how to stop that that because at the end of the day you cannot you have to break the losing culture you have to break it and 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 that's a big part of the reason which we're going to get to them but that's a big reason why the man in Colorado and Sean elected maybe to sit on his hands at the trade deadline when people like myself and everybody was ready just to go ahead and blow this up, go because at the end of the day, look, man, I'm trying to still build a team and win. I mean, regardless whether it, it's going to, you know, mess up the fans draft hopes or where they wonder, I'm trying to win because there's been a lot of losing here for six years straight. There's been a lot of losing in San Antonio now going on six years in a row too. So I can't have I, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be acceptable, man, as long as he's robbing the sideline for no 40 point, 40 water point beat down sprinkle me. But I hope I went ahead and answered your question for the most part, Nancy Randy, but we'll circle back around in basketball because I definitely want to talk nuggets, too. I didn't get to this yesterday, but they I know I threw it out in the open and never circled back to it. But they're going to have to decide. And I think this whole situation with Jamal Murray, you know, is out for some time and indefinitely with this hamstring situation. They're going to have to decide on how they want to approach this 82 as defending champs. And I'll circle back and make sure I get to it when we get back to put, uh, basketball. But let's go ahead and put a bow on week uh, nine in the NFL. NFL uh, that saw the Jets last night lose uh, to the Chargers. Go, Chargers, go. All right. They take an L last night, 27 to 6. Um, and like I alluded to a while ago, Zach is once again getting killed by the media about how he doesn't know how he's terrible. Uh, why did we draft him? This guy just sucks. You know what? I, I will tell you this. For people that think Zach has made a decision, and it's your opinion, but people who have made a decision about Zach Wilson being horrible or not an NFL quarterback, the one thing I would tell those people, if that's how you feel, Nathaniel Hackett is a worse playoff offensive coordinator and caller than, and than, than Zach Wilson is a bad quarterback. Okay? I'm going to keep beating this drum. I mean, to be honest with you, 
Um, it's first of all, it's amazing uh, that the um, I put them one B. I put it, nothing shocks me with the Steelers, but I put the Steelers one A of being surprised. Like how in the hell are they five and three? But that's Mike Tomlin. The standard is the standard. What he preaches. The fact that the Jets even went into this game four and four, which I believe they were three and four, was amazing. That they even got three or four wins. The bottom line is is that Nathaniel Hackett's offensive play calling, his Super Bowl was against the Denver Broncos. He got the game ball. He's got because uh, that is the one game that it looked like there was some creativity, there was some game planning, and there was some production. Okay, it, it, that game that they played Denver in Denver. Other than that, they've had to get ints, fumbles. Uh, they've had to do it by field position. It's been a hook and a crook to get these wins on national television. I mean, this I've yet to see Nathaniel Hackett play call for an offense that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers under center and be able to average a score more than 17 points consistently. And, you know, Robert Sala was asked dead on yesterday after the game. Would you consider, has there been consideration or talks about possibly making a change at the coordinator position or the offensive coordinator play calling? Rooker said, no, he hasn't. And I'm like, even if he has, he can't because that's Aaron's guy. He can't. And that's the decision that Woody, the owner, when he got on his private G4 and he flew all the way across the country to go meet with Aaron Rodgers to swoo him to come and put on a Jets, that gang green uniform, he made a deal with the devil. And when you made the deal with the devil, you got to take everything that comes with that and comes with the devil was his coach that he wanted, which is more of a best friend to him. Because that to, to me, that's that that. And when they, when Sala was asked that question, I'm like, uh, the real answer to that, if you want to keep it real, you know, Dave Chappelle used to have a skit when keeping it real goes wrong. He should have just kept it real on the sense that I can't even if I wanted to. But you don't want to. I mean, he's doing everything to massage Zach's ego. We still believe in him, you know, this and that. But, you know, when you hear Garrett Wilson, the receiver, and you hear some of these guys saying, hey, it's hard for me to look at the defense when I walk in the locker room based off of what we're not providing them. I mean, hell, what? Hibbert still got sacked like, what, six times last night, five or six times? The Jets' defense still got after it. I mean, they're responsible for their wins. And you and you have to look at a situation. There was a play last night that it was a fumble, and you had a defensive lineman. guy had to be over 300-some pounds. Try to scoop the ball and go score instead of just falling on it. You know why he did that? Because in the back of his mind, knowing, damn it, we, we, we got to try to score. We don't score. This is an opportunity for us to score because offense can't even put up seven. They need to stop with the whole Aaron Rodgers could return late in the season. I think it goes par for the course for Aaron Rodgers. He's an attention whore. He's out there prank, throwing the ball before games, making sure the camera's on him, on the sideline. With a, there is no, I mean, he is 40 years old with a – probably below average offensive line and he's trying to sell hope that he's going to come back this year at the end of the year to play for what at best the Jets are going to be scrapping alive for a wild card spot and I don't think they're going to be one of the teams that basically hang on to the wild card that even in the wild card discussion because this whole team and I will say this you know 
It goes back to the Cowboys. It goes back to the Jets. Be careful what you ask for because both of these squads, speaking of the Jets, was talking about, hey, you know, 85 Bears, 01 Ravens. And what those teams usually had to do, they had to carry the offense. Not so much 85, I mean, Willie Gould. Jim McMahon, the punky QB, those guys made plays. Walter Payton, that 01 Ravens led by Trent Dilfer, you know, and, and, and early on, Banks till they switch, they had to go ahead and make wins come about scoring, outstanding field position. And the bottom line is that this Jets team that beat on their chest from the defensive side of the ball, and they're playing good ball. I'm not trying to kill them, but they understand that this ain't, in this day and time, you're not going to be able to do that. So eventually this defense is going to wear down. But I'm just coming, we don't know. There's nobody, I don't care if, you know, if you've scouted pros, if you've been a coach or whatever, and damn sure not a fan. There's nobody that knows it definitely if Zach Wilson can be a quarterback in the NFL yet or not. It's not to, to me, his circumstances doesn't allow to come to that to that conclusion quite yet. And the prime example is look at look at the Denver Broncos offense last year. Same damn personnel for the exceptions of a rookie wide receiver. Go look at their production and go. They haven't set the world on fire, but go look at some of their stats compared to the same team that was coached and play called by this guy last year, Nathaniel Hackett. My point is maybe Zach ain't an NFL quarterback, but he's got a defensive-minded coach, and he's got one of the worst offensive coordinators in NFL history outside of not having Aaron Rodgers under the witness protection program, which is Aaron Rodgers. But the sexy thing to do is just say, hey, you know, no, he can't. I, I see upside. I said automatically going from BYU and getting dumped in with multi-million dollars in your pocket and in New York, that was just he had to grow up fast and he wasn't ready for that. But the easy thing to do is to sit there and just say Zach Wilson sucks. No, his coaching from an offensive standpoint sucks. Period. So we'll see where they go from there. The Chargers, give credit to them. I mean, like I said, going to the break, it's one of their best defensive performances that I've seen in the last couple of years. I mean, their defensive front, I mean, they got after it. Uh, Bosa, Khalil Mack, you know, Mack is still making, you know, uh, plays at his age. Um, you know, you got to give them credit. They didn't, you know, they didn't put themselves in any position last night for Staley to have to make any decisions on going for they dominated the game. They got a special teams touchdown as well. Um, so props to the Chargers. I mean, they look like they're ready to go ahead and make a second half push uh, as well. 877-37-GRIND. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Chuck. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. <laughs> 